Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, which is brought to you by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International and being recorded this evening by Mr. Richard Burden of Airs LA at www.airsla.org. And recently, one of the more popular things that has come about in the field of technology has been the Android cell phones. Now, many people have always thought that the iPhone was the most popular cell phone, but in reality, the most busy or the popular cell phone available that's being sold in the stores now are cell phones that use the Android operating system. So tonight, we're really, really fortunate to have with us Mr. Joel Isaacs, and he is a systems consultant expert who also works for JPL, and he also happens to be the webmaster for the Council of Citizens with Low Vision's website. So welcome, Joe, and uh, you know, you're just really a jack-of-all-trades there. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dr. Bill. Yes. Well, you know, I'm really glad that you could be on the show here with us, and you know, when I was searching for a person who was using the Android phone. You were really one of the only visually impaired people that I ever met who actually was using the Android phone. So um, would you tell our listeners out there basically what is Android? Is that a phone? Is it the operating system, what it is, and how you got interested in it? Android is an operating system. Uh, It's an open-source operating system created by Google. Uh, it runs on a number of pho- different phones. Uh, m- many of the carriers, including T-Mobile and AT&T and Verizon, Sprint, they all c- have their version of Android phones. I got interested in Android because um, my T-Mobile phone, it was a Nokia N82 running Tox, which is a screen reader for the phone. It, my contract was going to end in July. So I started looking for phones in January, and I started looking at what my options were. Luckily, when I started looking, the Cal State Northridge Conference on Disabilities was coming up, so I decided the first place I was going to go was CSUN to to ask some of the vendors some questions about the phones. So in February, I went to CSUN, and I talked to the people in the Nokia booth, including Torsten Brandt, who was the creator of Talks. And I talked to them a lot about the different phones that Nokia was providing. Uh, And I got a feeling that Nokia wasn't really sure how they were going to support accessibility in the future. And when I get a phone, I usually have it for two years. So I I really wanted to have something that would support me. So after talking to them and looking at a lot of the Nokia phones that were possibilities, I realized that I'd probably have to switch to something else. The next thing I looked at were the iPhones, and at the time it was the iPhone 3GS. And I was really kind of disappointed about what the iPhone was, even though it's a really impressive interface and you can do all kinds of stuff, and yes, built-in accessibility to some degree. I didn't like the hardware. For one, the, the camera on the phone was, was pretty poor. I think it was a 3-megapixel camera, if, if even that. You couldn't replace the battery. I don't even know if the memory is replaceable on the phone. And at the time, there was no flash on the phone, so I don't know how you'd take a picture with that camera. Also, 
my area, I, I, I live in a hilly area, so as soon as I turn a certain corner near my house, I lose phone support on T-Mobile and AT&T. So a, a, a lot of that was working to my disadvantage. Then I started to hear about Android and how they were doing a lot of uh, things like built-in accessibility and how a, a lot of – it was actually a better hardware platform, and it seemed like it was a little bit of a cheaper uh, possibility for me. I wouldn't have to shell out as much money. So um, what did you end up doing then? Did you end up – uh, selecting a Android phone based on the carrier, for example, were you looking for Sprint and looking for which phones they carried or Verizon? Because you mentioned that in your area, AT&T didn't work well, so the iPhone wouldn't work. It, it, a lot of my friends in my area really liked Verizon, and I had never used them before, but I had, could see how they had continuous calls wherever they were in my area, so it, it looked pretty good. So what I did is um, found a Verizon store nearby, and what's funny is the the day I went in, they had just released a phone called the Droid X. So, of course, the, the dealer, that's the first show, phone they wanted to show me, and the phone was incredibly impressive to me, and the fact that it, it already had accessibility built into it, really made it something to consider. Now, what forms of accessibility, and may I ask, um, what is your visual condition? Do you have some vision, or were you looking for a magnifier, or did you need speech, or both? My, my uh, visual condition is kind of a mystery to almost every ophthalmologist and optometrist I've t- talked to. They believe that I have retinitis pigmentosa, uh, but it's not a typical type of retinitis pigmentosa. My central vision is deteriorating, but my peripheral vision is also deteriorating. So I have like a small ring of vision between those two. So I'm partially sighted, but I don't like to consider myself high-functioning or low-functioning because it shifts around quite a bit. So is the Droid X uh, cell phone, the one that you had purchased from Verizon, um, you mentioned that it has the built-in accessibility. So uh, do you use the magnifier or do you use the speech on it? Uh, unfortunately, the magnifier in the Droid X and I think in Android in general isn't very good. What, what It's like a little magnifying glass overlay that you can move around the screen. And for me, using an overlay like that is very difficult. It's distracting and it's hard to read in that small area, so I don't use that. What I do use is the voice output, and between like a CC, like a handheld digital magnifier and the TalkBack, which is the name of the the voice output technology for Android, I, I, I usually get by pretty well. And how do you go about uh, turning on that accessibility? Were you able to do that yourself, or did the customer service person at the Verizon store set that up for you when you purchased the phone? Unfortunately, because I wasn't very familiar with the phone's interface, I couldn't do it myself. But at, at the store, they, they were able to go into the settings, and they were able to turn it on. From then on, go to accessibility. Date and time, accessibility, Access- accessibility settings. 
So first I check the accessibility and then I can check other options. So there is Zoom mode built in, but I have it turned off. That's what turns on the voice for talk, the phone to talk. And then there's another really cool feature on the Android, uh, on Android where you can where you can press the power button to end a call. So when I'm done with the call, I just hit the power and it turns off. But that's the extent of accessibility on the on the Droid X, but it actually gives you quite a bit. Now with that, uh, are you able to change the voice? Are there multiple voices that come with the Droid X or the, the Droid operating system? Android comes with one standard voice, but there are downloads. Uh, I was looking into the Android market, which is where you can get uh, additional applications. They have like the Loquendo Susan voice for five bucks, which is a lot cheaper than when I've had to buy voices on other phones. I think when I bought voices for the Nokia N82, it cost me $50 for a couple of voices. And, and, and you mentioned that it was called the Android Marketplace. Is there a website that you do you recall? It's, it's actually built into the phone. There's an icon on the phone for the Android market. So you click that button, and you, it, it allows you to either search the market using the buttons on your phone, or you can just they'll give you a home page where they'll tell you what's hot, what what people other people are downloading. And uh, can you can you tell us either describe to us or even demonstrate to us how do you go from one icon to the next on your touch screen? Because uh, I believe the Droid X is strictly 100% touchscreen. Is that right? It, it is. It's 100% touchscreen. I do have five buttons on the phone. One at the top for power, and uh, at the bottom of the phone near the microphone, I have a options button that allows me to get options for whichever screen or application I'm in. A menu button that takes me to the home page, uh, the home screen. Uh, there's a back button, and then there's a search button. So what we can demonstrate moving from one area to the other. So uh, just a few seconds ago, I was in that accessibility mode showing you what the options were for accessibility. I clicked the menu button, so now I'm at my home screen. And between the talk back and between, I've also organized my phone in such a way so I know where things are. So I have a bunch of icons. I can go to the all programs on my phone. All applications. And Zero wind I can tap on different places on my phone. And it will announce the different things I'm tapping on. So I can just tap very carefully in different places and it will announce the application. If I double tap on that that area, it'll open the application. And can you also slide your finger across the touch screen, similar to the way you would on an iPhone, and when you hit an icon, it will read it for you? No, that's not working on my phone. But that that is a technology that's in built into Android. It's called Swipe. I'm not exactly sure in which areas that's enabled. I know it's enabled when you use the virtual keyboard, but it might not be on uh, in the regular interface. So on the on the home screen, you, you sort of memorize or you touch and, and search to find 
that particular icon to go to the next uh, thing. Voice output will also announce the different things that are on the screen. So a lot of times it'll tell me in order what the applications are on the screen. Now if how you do you make it read it? How do you make it read it if you want it to read what's on the screen? When I clicked the options button, it gave me a couple of options that read them out in order. It usually does that on the screens, too. When it goes to home, it'll tell me, like, blind locator, uh, you know, ice-free shell, different things that are on the screen. So it gives me an awareness of what's there. Now, what applications come standard or already downloaded on your a uh, phone when you do purchase a Droid phone. Are there certain applications that are already there, or do you have to go to the marketplace and order or download each of those? De depending on your carrier, you it, it can go. You can either have a a general set of applications, or then they'll have carrier specific ones. Like Verizon will will have their own set of applications, and I, I suppose T-Mobile will have their own set of applications, but there are some basic things that come with the phone, like there's a really good alarm and timer program that I use every day. Uh, since I don't, since the, the clock radio I use isn't very accessible, I've set up alarms on my phone to wake me up. I also use the timers. So, like, when I exercise, I set my timers for, like, say, 30 minutes or something, and it'll count down for me, and it'll read. Uh, it'll make, turn on an alarm when, I'm, you know, my time's passed. There's some other programs, like the camera is pretty accessible. If I'm on the home screen, all I have to do is press the, the you know, the click button for the camera, and it'll give me haptic feedback, so it'll vibrate that button, and it'll put me into the camera mode, and all I have to do is point and shoot from that point on. Also, the built-in camcorder, as uh, Sean had said earlier, it's a HD camera, so you get really high-definition video with it, and it's pretty simple to operate. I just tap the screen, and it changes the mode and I use the, the click button for the camera to turn it on and off. There are other really good applications, like the music application in, in built into Android is pretty fabulous. Uh, you can, it allows you to use your music. It'll show, show you by album title. By artist, and it's a list, and you can scroll. You know, you were talking about swipe. This is where swipe works. I can scroll down the list of songs with my finger, and it'll move them down or up. I can just tap and go down the list. When I find something I like, I can just hold it down. It gives me options. Well, Sean, are you ready? Well, no, I'm going to be leaving. Things, so. so I can play. Uh, so I can play. Uh, so I can play. Right. 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 So
Unfortunately, the mail and the web browser aren't accessible, but those are things that you can download for free separately from uh, another company that we can talk about in, like, you know, things that in downloading. What's the name of that uh, program and the company that you mentioned? So you mentioned that you, you really are happy with the way that it does work for the timer, the alarm clock, and for listening to music and books, but it's it's not very accessible for email. Now, no, what is the very... software that you, you recommend that people will use on their Droid to access their email? One of the, the first programs I downloaded was called the Ice Free Shell from the Ideal Group. They, they take the accessibility of the phone to w one more level. So when I turn on the Ice Free Shell, I can, I can do this swipe that you've been talking about, moving my finger along the screen. So the the ice free shell works in like a clockwise a clock pattern. So if I move my finger in a certain direction, I get different uh, features of the phone. Like if I move up, it'll tell me what the time is. It'll if I move to the right, it tells me what the battery is. I can also access my applications using that. Please unlock. So one thing I got was a, a program to tell me where I am at any time. So the blind locator, I push down to get to the applications, and then that's the first application in the list, and I activated it. But since we have some issues with the weather today, I probably won't get a good GPS signal. But it, it provides a lot of flexibility. It also comes with a talking dialer that allows you to use the swipe to dial your phone just by moving your your finger along the along the screen. So, if I hit go up and to the left, upper left is one. Upper to the right is three. Three. Eight. Going, uh, it starts, five is in the middle, and you start at five, and you can kind of move your finger along the interface to hit different numbers. <clears throat> That's another program from Ideal called the Talking Dialer, which I use quite a bit. They also have an email reader called the Canine Reader, which I haven't used. And they also have a pretty good uh, web browser called the Ideal Web Reader. It gives you some more accessibility than what comes with the phone. So, Joel, all of these software programs, they come from a company called Ideal? The Ideal Group. Ideal Group. And, and you can access all of that through the Android Marketplace? Yeah, they have a lot of programs that they're working on, including the ones I mentioned. They even have uh, like a downloadable like magnifier for the phone. I don't know how well that works. I tested it out, and it didn't work for me, but I, I believe they're still developing it. But they have quite a number of applications that they, they do. Great. And the one that was, was it uh, the Eyes Free Shell, or can you spell that? I was having a hard time hearing that. Oh, no problem. Eyes, like your two eyes, and 
be like it doesn't cost you anything. And shell like a walnut shell. Okay. Eyes free shell. That seems like a really a great program. And what's the cost of these programs, these applications? It costs you nothing. It's absolutely free. Including the GPS that you, you demonstrated, the GPS is free also? The GPS it wasn't from ideal group, but that is free. The blind locator, it, it tells you where you are. You can't map with it. There is a really good GPS built into the phone where there, there's a program called Navigation that's built into Android phones. It uses Google Maps. But I can, I can go into Navigation and I can speak my de destination to it. And it actually gives me better directions than my wife's uh, GPS in her car. And, and you're, you're talking about right now, which GPS are you talking about? The navigator that comes with the droid or the Absolutely. blind? The, the blind locator, what it'll do is it'll tell you, you are at 200 Main Street. So it'll tell you where you are. But the navigator that's built into the, the Android phone will talk to you, and you can use the accessible interface with it. But what it'll, what you can do is instead of having to type out, instead of having to type out the address that you're going to, you can just talk it in. Wow, that's great. And which of those two um, actually will give the user uh, uh, information about places of interest that might be close by or an intersection that might be coming up if you're taking the bus? There's a program built into Android called Places. When you click on Places, it's just like any other GPS where it'll ask you what type of places you're looking for, and it can give you restaurants, or and it can give you, like, you know, the, the nearest gas station, different stuff like that. The, the beauty of it, though, is with most GPSs, those are out of date a lot of times, but since this is an Android phone and it's it's run basically by Google, they keep all of those locations up to date. Wow, that's great. Well, you know, before we open it up to questions, um, I, I'd like just to ask uh, you to talk about a little bit, what are some of the things that you've been a little bit disappointed with or that you wish that they would improve in future versions? Well, definitely the web browser is, is a drawback right now. I I don't use it anymore because I just get frustrated with it. And that that's I'm two steps back now because I used to browse a lot with my Nokia phone and I would do I would do accessibility testing just like for instance with the CCLVI site and other sites that I work on just to make sure they were accessible I'd run them through the phone and I could tell I can't do that with this phone. Uh, in general, and not just with Android, I'm concerned about privacy and security with this type of phone and the iPhone and all the, these other ones. So, you know, that, that's, that's another thing. I'm kind of disappointed that that doesn't come with these phones. Uh, these phones, the way they are now, they're computers. They should come with a virus scan built in. They should come with some network security built into them. I did download something called Lookout that kind of checks the phone to make sure that uh, 
there isn't anything funny going on with uh, the security, like somebody sending out information off my phone that I don't want to go out. Because unlike your computer, you're putting a lot of stuff in this phone, including your contacts and, and you know, just different stuff that if somebody else got a hold of this, you might not be happy with. So I'm kind of disappointed that they're not they're not more pushing privacy and security. Okay, well, this is really very, very helpful. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that I, I'm ready to go out there and buy one. I've been, I personally have been waiting for um, the iPhone to come to Verizon, but uh, it sounds like this might really be a good solution. Um, let's go ahead and let's open up the questions. So if we unmute our phones by pressing star six, uh, we could go ahead and ask Joel some questions. Or if you even just have comments or experience about your own, just announce your name and uh, go ahead and, and, and ask Joel any question. Um, this is uh, Sean, actually. I just have a, a comment to add. Um, from earlier when you were asking, like, on your home screen and how you can tell what's on there, if you know a spot that's empty, if you double-tap that spot, it'll read everything that's on that screen. You're right. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> oh. And then, like, with the... Uh, the web browser, I have some useful site, and the, you can double-tap anywhere in a web page, and it will automatically zoom in, and then if you want to do further, you can just do that pinch in and pinch out to zoom in and out, which has helped a lot. It's kind of hard to navigate around some pages, but I usually put it in that landscape view, and then just pinch to make it I was on a plane uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, the, the airline I was on, they were giving away free Wi-Fi, and I, I was trying to get the CAPTCHA, uh, you know, I was navigating to the site, but and I could tell what the CAPTCHA was, but I just couldn't get it into the into the forms because the pages weren't being read by the by the web browser properly. Yeah, that's the thing. They still need to work on this a little more, but but they're, you know, it, it's not going to take a long time. They're working on this stuff all the time. Well, and there's tons of people working on it, too, because it's open source. Everybody's out there, you know, writing apps. So it's just a matter of time before something comes along. Yeah, that's the advantage of this to the Apple. Because Apple is really stringent on what applications they'll accept and and who can work on it and when they can release it, it takes longer to develop Apple applications. With the Android phones, you have... Anybody can work on these applications, and they can work together, and it's all open source, so you can develop an application and, and solve problems a lot faster. Uh, and then um, you had mentioned that Magnifier from Ideal, and I've played with that, but there's actually another app out there that's just called Magnifier. Some okay. Joe Schmo wrote it, and it works ten times better. The Ideal one, I had problems with the pixelating and looking not real good. But yeah, the other no. one, it allows you to turn the, the light on, uh, from the the flash, and then uh, put it in a negative mode if you want. Uh, it works awesome. It works just as good as any uh, magnifier, video magnifier that I've used before. Yeah, that's a good tip. Do you know about how much magnification could you get on that? Could you get up to, for example, some of these more popular portable video magnifiers? They they'll go up to about nine, ten times. Can you get that much with magnifier? Yeah, let me open it up here once, and I will check for you, actually. Um, it goes really far in. I mean, it'll zoom. 
as far as you can get the camera to zoom in. And since you're holding it really close, because that's the other thing with being able to turn those bright LEDs on, you can hold it close to the page, and it can go like way in where one word is covering the whole really? uh, screen of the phone. And the uh, the Droid X has one. I think it's a 4.3 inch screen. Yeah, it's a big screen. It's bigger than some of the pocket magnifiers I've used. Yeah, it's, uh, everybody that since I've got it said, oh, what do you want with that huge phone? I was like, oh, it might be huge, but it's got a nice it's a big screen on it. So Yeah, and you had mentioned that you could also change the color of the background, so you could have a black background with white text with um, the magnifier application. Yes, it has a little... There's two um, buttons when you open it up, up um, on the far bottom right-hand corner. One turns on the light, and one changes it to negative. That sounds good. You know, you can even get a flashlight for this phone. Just like this uh, turning on and turning off the light that, that Sean's talking about, i got a program called the Droid Light that I use as a flashlight every so often. And it's brighter than my, my regular flashlight because the Droid X has a really bright LED uh, yeah, there's black. two of them on there. It's, uh, you yeah. could actually blind your other friends if you want more members. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, this is Chris Gillen from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I had a question, um, perhaps um, as well as a comment um, that I did want to make. Um, um, I guess the comment will be the simplest to start with. Um, I wanted to make mention that um, when you were going through the settings um, of the phone, you were making mention about that there was a setting under accessibility um, where you were able to hang the uh, active call up by pressing your uh, power slash sleep key. Um, I wanted to make mention, just for anybody out there who may be listening to this podcast and may get an Android phone, um, they go under accessibility, as I did, and they're going, what the heck? That option is not there. Um, keep in mind that some of the carriers out there, um, what they'll do is they'll customize the phone in such of a way. Uh, for example, I have a Motorola Charm through T-Mobile, and um, what they've done is they've put what's um, called an overlay, I guess, or a skin, if you want to think of it that way, called Moto Blur. And what that basically does, I'm not totally sure what it does, but essentially some of the options get really changed around or some of them even omitted entirely, um, this being one of them. I don't know if that's because of the fact that the phone I'm on is not running the latest version of the Android operating system. Um, I think just recently they released version 2.3. This phone is only, believe it or not, running 2.1. So um, I think it might be in 2.1 that that option isn't even there. So just be aware that if you don't see the option there, um, that could be something you might want to consider. Um, You're right. So that's the comment. That, that power button thing, that was added in Android 2.2. That's what I thought. Um, I just, um, yeah, that would explain why, for example, I don't have it. Okay, uh, my question that I had was, um, okay, you were mentioning that your phone was completely touch only. I mean, yeah, you've got a couple of buttons on it, but for the most part, it's pretty much 95% touch screen. Am I not correct on that? You're right. There's a virtual keyboard, but... And it does announce the keys that you're pressing, but it it's tiny. Yeah. Um, okay, so what, what I was going to ask was, um, now I don't know what, because um, I'm actually on the ISP mailing list, which is um, hosted through Google Groups. And um, 
It's um, one of the things that was made mention of on there is that if you have a touchscreen only capable device that does not have a physical keyboard, um, be it a slide-out keyboard or be it a keyboard like on mine that's just on the bottom of the phone, it was pretty much impossible to do most things. Um, I'm sitting here hearing you do this, um, however, and you're mentioning especially about being able to double-tap on certain parts of the screen. Um, it has been my experience that pretty well every phone I have ever heard of that was on the Android platform, I mean, I don't care if we're speaking, you know, 2.1 Eclair, I don't care if we're speaking Foil, I don't care if we're speaking, you know, Gingerbread that just came out, any of these. What I'm finding that's happening is, and I do not for the life of me know why, when I touch anywhere on my screen, however, either with TalkBack or the other screen reader of choice that some people use called Spiel, what I'm finding is happening is it is not letting me double tap anywhere. The second that I tap, that I put my finger down and make contact with the screen, if I land on an icon, that's it. It automatically selects that item. So I'm wondering, how in the world did you get it to do that? I was actually in the, the, the all programs area of the phone. When, when you're on the, the main screens, a lot of times you're right, that touching it once will activate it. A lot of times I'll just go back and, and I'll figure out where things are by going back and forth. Like if I touch the upper upper left corner and I open what I have there is the blind locator, and it opens up and I didn't want it to, I just hit the back button, go to the main, and then I keep going like that. Okay, when you said you were out on your main um all applications. Are you speaking just the main all applications just in the uh, stock home screen, or are you speaking within the eyes free shell? No, um, not on the home screen. On the home screen, there's a button to, to get to, to all your programs. I clicked on that. And on okay, that but all of your other applications, be it your home screen, be it if you were, say, in your actual settings menu, be it if you're in your call log, just wherever, Am I understanding correctly? Yeah, if you try to touch the screen in there, it's not going to do the double tap thing. Well, only on the home screen the double tap thing is it could be an issue where it's single touch activated. Other places, like in contacts, if you hold down on a contact, it'll it'll give you options in the music area. It'll give you it'll announce and then give you options. Also, in the okay, track. actually, what you're saying. That makes sense. Um, are there any context parts of the phone with the virtual keyboard where you would be able to demonstrate to us how that works? Sure. I, I could do that. It's funny. Um, I've been using the virtual keyboard for about five months. I got the phone in July. I finally broke down and got a Bluetooth keyboard from eBay. <laughs> Aren't you slick? <laughs> That Bluetooth keyboard's pretty cool. It's made out of rubber, so I can fold it. Oh, cool. And and it pairs with this phone really easily. I forced myself to start using Swipe about a week ago. I thought, oh, this you couldn't use this. This is impossible. But if you can actually figure out where one key is, it's so not sensitive. It doesn't really care if you really get on the keys. It's accurate I, about 95 98% of the time. So I'm in my contacts right now, and okay. it's... On the Droid X, if you hold down the Option button a little bit, it'll bring up the virtual keyboard. So I can search through my contacts using the keyboard. Okay. Contact data. So it's, I'm starting to spell things. Create contact. 
One thing I do when, when I'm using the virtual keyboard, one thing I have to always keep in mind is keep one finger on the backspace because I spell really bad on these on these keyboards because the buttons are so close together. So what size would you say the keys are on that thing in comparison to the so size that would be that I'm if you were on like an iPod or an iPhone? But it's giving me output every time I hit a button, so I know what I'm I'm typing. Are the keys any smaller than they would be on an iPod or, say, on a um, iPhone, or are they about the same? I think they're bigger, especially if you turn it into landscape mode. They're, they're way bigger. Yeah, that, that's true. Since the screen is pretty big on this phone, if we go into landscape mode, they, they spread out. I just, since I can't see it, it doesn't really make a Okay, difference. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because that was a big problem that I had with my iPod Touch, you know, was just the keys were so teeny that, you know, it's always been a thing for me. How on earth are you going to, I mean, sure, you can flip left and right and do all that stuff, but, I mean, if you're, if you can't see where the keys are, it can be a bit of a challenge, but that's not to say it's impossible. I forget, you had your, your question earlier, this is Sean, you're going to keep buttoning in, but uh, on the home screen when you were talking about uh, being able to double tap and you were having problems with it, uh, just opening up apps, I found the other day that, you know, it, the phone comes with that stock uh, readout under accessibilities, but if you actually go and download TalkBack on top of that, which they're supposed to be the same thing, and have them both running, then that starts working where you can double tap. And it'll read everything. Oh, actually, yeah. Well, yeah, it had TalkBack on my phone, but it wasn't the latest um, 2.6. I'm not even sure what version it was. But, yeah, I went and I did download from the market. I did get the other um, TalkBack put in, and I do have them both checked. So what you're telling me is if I've done that, it should be working. Yeah, if you have – well, you said you're on 2.1, right? Yes, sir. Okay, because on 2.2 in the accessibility menu, there's a deal that says read out, and there is no deal that says talk back. Uh, oh, okay, okay. So have that read out and then go download talk back and turn them ah, Okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. You're saying you've got to actually check that read back, or excuse me, read out, and then from there go download talk back. Then it'll do it. Yeah. I understand. Now, the read out, is that something that you got to get from the market, or is that something that just naturally was in 2.2 soil? Re readout was naturally in 2.2. Yeah, readout's Okay, but yeah, that might be a new feature that was put in 2.2 that I don't have access to. And you, and you can put it on your phone. You said you rooted your phone, right? Yes, I did. You can get a ROM and put 2.2 on your phone, even if it's not supposedly That's supported true. by your carrier. <laughs> So for the listeners that are... I must, I must put a disclaimer in here to say, people out there listening to this podcast, um, if you're going to root your phone as we're talking and you're going to put that on, um, nobody up here will be held responsible for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's well, defined define rooting? Oh, so you could rooting. void the warranty of your phone. Rooting uh, means taking the stock Verizon uh, uh, version of Android off your phone and, and going back to the stock version of Android from Google. So it changes some stuff on your phone and it may actually void your warranty. So we don't, CCLVI and Dr. Bill and I don't necessarily condone doing that, but sometimes you get more accessibility that way. Yeah. And Joel, um, 
you know, with this particular new phone, how would you uh, describe your battery life? I know one of the complaints of the iPhone, a lot of folks have said, is a battery life. You know, I tend to charge my phone when I get up in the morning, and that's pretty much it. I do have a battery backup just in case something goes wrong and I get stuck stuck on the road without without battery life. I have the so to answer your question simply, I probably get uh, eight to ten hours of battery life out of the phone with, with normal use. But there are there are things that you can use in addition to that. Like Jonathan Mazin had uh, talked about this external battery thing that I got from eBay, where you can charge this this little pack up with uh, your your computer or with the electrical wire to the you know to your regular electrical, and it, it can hold another full charge on it. So when I have this thing charged and my phone's about to die after 10 hours or so, I can just plug the pack into my phone and it keeps it charged enough so that I can use it until I get to an outlet. Oh. My phone actually came with an extended battery. So basically what you get is you get the phone, but then you get just your regular battery and then you get an extended life battery um, as well. And I've actually installed the extended in mine. I probably get close to... Oh my gosh! Probably about I don't know what the standby time. The talk time I probably get at least sixteen hours. And if you don't use the uh, screen a lot, if you're using readout for almost everything, if you go into the settings, just take the screen brightness and dim it down. Oh, and turn the brightness all the way down. Yeah. I guess being that I have a little bit of eyesight, you know, I. And not to do that. Um, one of the really annoying things, speaking of the screen, that I've found with mine, maybe you guys know a way around this, is the proximity sensor on the thing. I'd like to talk briefly about what that is and how that works, um, for those who don't know. But essentially, proximity sensor, for me, what tends to happen is when I'm in a call, um, if I even if I go to speakerphone, I wear glasses. My glasses tend to block that protector to the um, or sensor rather, excuse me, point where um, if I get if I get a moment, my Android's gathering. Um, if I get too close to my phone, it will actually shut the screen completely off to the point where I can't navigate, like to hang up a call. I can't, you know, whatever. So um, have you guys experienced this? And, you know, maybe Joel or maybe one of you guys for the newbies out there could discuss kind of what the proximity sensor exactly is and does. You know, I haven't actually experienced that, Chris. What I do sometimes have when I'm on a call, my phone will lock because the call's gone on for a while. But but mm-hmm. I haven't actually had it lock because it's gotten too, uh, gotten too close to it. Mm-hmm. What I've uh, noticed with it is not doesn't seem to be really a proximity sensor. More if you hold the phone straight up and if you if you tilt it just a little bit, then it won't shut the screen off. But if it goes straight up and down, it thinks you're you're talking on it. In other words, you're saying like when you take it away from your ear, just hold it totally vertically. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, if it's if you have it straight up and down, it'll shut off. If you tilt it just a tiny bit, it'll it'll come back on. It's just yeah, what, that's pretty much what I've been doing is built in, and I don't, you know, maybe it's just the proximity sensor on this thing is too sensitive. I don't know if those things can be calibrated or how that, you know, anyway. 
You may want to consider a headset or something. I tend to use headphones on my phone because I don't yeah. like them close. Well, that's another thing that's really nice is a lot of these Android phones, I know at least mine did, um, you don't have to worry about proprietary earphones or anything. You can um, actually plug just a stereo standard 3.5 millimeter um, earphone plug in. Off the shelf. All right. And here's, um, and here's a little. We're, we're and here's a little. To the end of the time of our of our recording here. And oh, I'm sorry. Pardon me. No, no, no. That's great information. That that's another real. Advantage. Those earphones that come with most droids will work with a microphone on an iPod. By the way, just so you know. Anyway. Yeah, that's fantastic. And Joel, how, how about you know for those folks who may have difficulties with their fingers, maybe they have Parkinson's or cerebral palsy. How well do you find that the Android phone works with voice recognition to dial? You know, I haven't used the voice recognition to dial, but I have used it for other things, like trying to figure out what my battery battery is at. Hold and on. was it was it pretty accurate? Status. Status. It's voicemail. It's, 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 it's pretty responsive. It's pretty smart. Like, I asked for the status on my phone, and it's just reading it out now. Sean, have you tried using your voice to command the dialing? Yeah, actually, that's what I was just going to go into. If you download uh, Google Voice Search from the uh, marketplace, you can get everything on that phone practically to work with your voice. Uh, if you hold down the search key, which is usually uh, on all the Motorola phones, it's in a different spot, or all the Android phones, I should say. But if you hold it down... It comes up, and you can just say um, dial and then a number or a name that's in your contacts or uh, find restaurants near me. I mean, everything. Uh, if you want to use the navigator, you, um, go, you say go to, or I'm sorry, that's for, for websites. Go to www.whatever.com, uh, find directions to, and then an address or a name of a business, and it, all that stuff works with uh, voice. You know, I think that is built in because I, I now that you're reminding me, I think I've accidentally dialed people when I was trying to use other voice commands, and and you can you say dial and then the person's name and it should go through your contact list and dial them. Well, and you can actually go like uh, send text message to and then say a person's name or number and then say the text message and it'll do text to speech and then just send it off without even touching a, a button after you've activated the the speech thing. So, Sean, can you just uh, summarize real quickly for the listeners? How do you do that? You first download Google Voice. Uh, not Google Voice. Google Voice is actually a separate application for uh, managing voicemail and stuff like that. Uh, this is, It's called Voice... Let me make sure here at the bottom here. Uh, voice Search. Uh, a lot of those capabilities are already on the phone when you get it, but Voice Search adds some more, like the finding directions to places and... Uh, I don't know about, I think it has the email support, too, where you can say send email to and send text to. Uh, so it would just be go to the marketplace and look up uh, voice search, Google voice search. Uh, my phone seemed to already have that when I first got it out of the box. Is that is there a reason for that? I mean, is that because Motoblur includes it, do you think? Or? Yeah, um, it has it, but it's an older version. So it doesn't work on okay. yeah, more stuff. I will do that when I get off the conference. <laughs> well, this is great. This has been really good. And, Joel, we really thank you for your time. And 
We also appreciate all the contributions from Chris and Sean for all of your expertise, and we'll have to get together and talk more about uh, Android phones again. So, I love you know, that. Doctor, I just wanted to mention four resources before we go. Yeah, real quick. We got about thirty seconds. Sure. I'm going to do that real quick. The first one's an accessible Android blog by uh, Accessible Anna, uh, Android Anna. Uh, you should be able to find that at accessibleandroid.blogspot.com. Uh, also, the Ice Free blog, which is uh, Google uh, Groups Google dot uh, slash group slash ice free uh, eyes dash free, and then the the Ideal Groups website is apps for Android, which is apps the number four and the word Android dot com. Oh, sorry, dot org. Apps for Android dot org. And also, lastly, the blind phones mailing list. I don't actually have contact information on them, but you should be able to search that. And you can get a lot of resources just through those four. Okay, great. Okay. Well, hey, we thank uh, all of you for tuning in. We wish you guys all have a, a wonderful holiday season. And look for the website at cclvi.org where we'll bring up the titles of our next uh, podcast. So thank you very much and uh, stay well. Thank you very much.